0: Good afternoon, good evening, my name is Marty Plum and I am your host of A Pen and a Napkin Podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 126, and we are really excited this week to have on Eric Henderson, the head men's basketball coach at South Dakota State University this week. Uh, coach Henderson has uh, done a terrific job with the Jackrabbits, and a terrific season this past season, NCAA tournament, uh, undefeated season and conference, a lot of terrific things from Coach Henderson. And not only are they really good, but they play a very, very entertaining style of basketball. So uh, excited to talk to Coach Henderson. But before before we get going, of course, we want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300. Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out a daily coaching tidbit every day, so be sure to follow us there on the Twitter handle. Obviously, if you're listening, you're on iTunes, so be sure to download, rate, and review the pod. Give us five stars so that we can get the word out so we can help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a napkin at gmail.com and check out a napkin.com the newly remodeled website that I've been working on there as well. Coach Henderson, how are you doing this afternoon, my friend?
1: I'm doing awesome, Marty. I really appreciate you having me on, and and uh, anytime I get a chance to talk hoops, count me in.
0: Well, we need to thank our mutual friend Nate Wall for kind of being the go-between here. Um, Want to thank Nate for for uh, putting us in touch with one another. Greatly appreciated there, uh, Coach. Let's uh, let's just kind of dive right into it here. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background, your basketball journey, uh, how you ended up being a, a, a jackrabbit. Um, you know, if you could help take care of my son's tuition, I'd greatly appreciate that as well. Uh, I wish he was a little bit better basketball player. He did a nice job when he was in high school, but uh, not quite up to, to, to anything more than intramurals on, on the Brookings campus there. But no, tell us about your journey and uh, you know how you ended up being a jackrabbit in Brookings, South Dakota.
1: Well, the way I see it, Marty, maybe you're uh, helping pay my salary. So uh, maybe I ought to say thank you for that. No, just kidding.
0: Oh, uh, uh, yes. And, and, and that salary with, with three kids in college next year, it will come in the form of plasma platelets uh, because I'm going to have to be selling that in order to afford it. So,
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, the beauty of coaching and in, in, in the, the, you, you know what? The thing I really enjoy about it is everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's what makes this profession special. And, and, uh, so it's, it's been quite a journey, but I grew up you know, in Eastern Iowa, my dad was a dairy farmer and my mom was a hairdresser. And so they're all back there, but, uh, you know, and, and they're not too much into basketball. They're proud of, proud of what I do, but, uh, they don't, they don't always know anywhere even playing. So that's kind of <laughs> my, you know, how I grew up to be honest with you, but I'll tell you what, I was really Really, really fortunate, Marty, to play for a high school basketball coach, Gordon Runquist, who um, is in the Hall of Fame for the state of Iowa and just really had a passion to help young people. And um, at a young age, I still remember going to basketball camps. And every year, he would bring in a player from the University of Iowa. And um, it was just – I thought it was magical. It it kept Mm -hmm. people coming back. And uh, I still remember getting pictures and autographs with those guys,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's really what you know continued to spark my interest and in, and in, uh and then i I also happened to uh grow a little bit ended up being about <laughs> six seven
0: uh-huh.
1: still can't shoot a basketball, but uh he taught me you know really at the end of the day to play your tail off and be a great teammate yep and um th- those are those are you know lessons that I still use you know today and and um, had a really good, you, you know, high school team. We, we had some success. And, you know, when you have some success and, and uh, usually, you, you know, maybe some of the better players on the team, you know, have opportunities to go, go on and play at the next level. And um, I wasn't a highly recruited guy. But uh, you, you know, coming out of high school, I didn't have really much going. And then you know, Greg McDermott, who was the head coach at Wayne State at the time, obviously not right there in your hometown for the Creighton Blue Jays. Now he was at Wayne State, yep. and um, you know, he grew up only about tw- uh, maybe twenty miles from where my school was at. So mm-hmm. he had a lot of connections back there, and and uh, took a chance on a six-seven skinny guy that weighed about a buck seventy-five that couldn't shoot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, all he had to do was make layups and free throws. So,
1: well, there's the, 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 luckily I could do that at a pretty high level. Okay. At least yeah. at least layups. Yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: But uh, you, you know, it was interesting. I went on. I went on a went to Wayne State on a two thousand dollars scholarship mm-hmm. and um, kind of one of their last guys that they signed. But um, you know, went, went in and and uh, ended up just you know doing what I was taught by my high school coach. Just just at the end of the day be a really really good teammate and play your tail off and then if if you do that you won't ever have to second guess anything mm-hmm. and um obviously things worked out I, you know i ended up i ended up starting my freshman year and um we had uh you know a good team we were we won we 20 games my first couple of years but you know never made the you know ncaa tournament mm-hmm. and but but we were always knocking on the door and coach mac was just a terrific coach a terrific mentor and then um you know my junior year um we, we finally broke that barrier had uh one of the best wayne staters to ever play tyler johnson from oh, hebron nebraska he was so um, good he was a first team oh. all-american and john yeah. dolliver who's in charge of the you know the nsaa there in in, in uh, nebraska he he was another terrific player um, but, but things really clicked and, and, um, we ended up hosting the regional tournament that year. Ended up getting beats by the, by the lopers which is really really hard to say but uh but uh ended up making the regional tournament that year and then hosting the regional tournament and then my senior year had, we we had a really really good year again with the team and and um ended up making the regional finals out in metro state metro state ended up, ended up winning the national championship we lost to them in the regional finals but just had an unbelievable experience with coach mac and you know he really taught me a lot about obviously the game but um I, and I, but probably more importantly just relationships and and how to mentor and how to treat young people and and um uh, it's just stuff that I'm I'm forever grateful and thankful for to be honest with you so um it's just you know when i look at mentors that's you know two of the biggest in my life and so that, that was kind of my playing days and coach Mac I've all you know I always wanted to be even even in elementary school I always wanted to be a, be a coach and, and thought I'd teach elementary you know not not just elementary school you know, didn't matter what grade but um about my junior year coach Mac kind of came up to me and, and thought you know hey Hendo have you ever thought about getting into college coaching and and I said, not you know, not really, you know, and he just felt like I'd be, you, you know, a, a good coach and thought mm-hmm. I had it in me. And and so I did start to think about it then. And then so after I got done playing, I still had to do some student teaching and coach uh, Burkett took over. So I ended up, you know, staying at Wayne State and, and uh, coaching there for a couple of years. Um, but then, you know, I, I did my student teaching at Wayne and and. Uh, The principal came back to me and and said, hey, we got an opening. Have you thought about, you know, doing what you kind of always wanted to do? And so I ended up going and teaching second grade um, for two years. And that second year, I was also the high school girls basketball coach at Wayne High. And and Rocky Rule was the athletic director there. And he was terrific and and, uh, just had a gas. I'll tell you what, Marty, it was so fun. It was so fun. As a first, I was probably I was 23 years old, and I was the, the girls' varsity coach. And we were one game away from state and just uh, really, really enjoyed my experience. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where it all started, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And then, you know, Coach Mack ended up getting the Iowa State job. And, and uh, you know, he asked me if I had some interest in, in coming back and, and trying college again and uh, being a G.A. And so I, I my wife and I talked and it was just us at the time. So we decided the timing was right and decided to do that. And oh, wow. was at Iowa State for three years with Coach Mack. Um, and then, uh, um, you know, he we didn't I was done with my master's degree. He didn't really have any spots slept, And it was just a, it was a unique situation. And T, that's where T.J. Otzelberger came into my life. And he said, Hendo, why don't you go to the school in Milwaukee? <laughs> be the athletic director and and uh, be the head basketball coach there's it's in a terrifically you're going to play against nba guys and we did and, mm-hmm. and so i ended up doing that for i was there for a total of five years i was a head basketball coach i was an ad for the first three years and then the principal retired and ended up being uh, the principal for the last couple of years but uh that's uh, that, that's also the time when i became a principal that knew i i didn't want to do that forever and, <laughs> and thought that i needed to get back into college basketball
0: absolutely so I Went
1: to, yeah so went to NDSU for a couple of years with dave richmond and and uh, learned a lot there and then when TJ got the head job at South Dakota State I came here and was his assistant and and then when he left I was fortunate enough to you know take you know be able to be able to be in a situation where I became the head coach and been that for the last 3 years and Marty it's just been the time of my life
0: absolutely well what uh, you know I'm always curious you, you've had this and and you're kind of the second person in a row on the pod that I've had, that has had this kind of wide variety of different coaching and teaching experiences, and kind of just just kind of run the gauntlet in in many ways. Not a gauntlet in a bad way, but just to you yeah. just 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 done so many different things. You know, going all the way from from sec, you know teaching second grade at at Wayne Elementary School to to coaching in the NCAA tournament this last year. Um, you know, what do, what do you think some of the things that you took from? teaching second grade at at Wayne and being that athletic director, being a a school principal, uh, which I probably think is a first here that we've ever had on a pen and a napkin. uh, You know, what, what are all those things that have taken you that, that helped shape your coaching philosophy that you now use professionally up at South Dakota state?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, it it may seem wild, but uh, I've learned something at each stop um, and, and have worked with great people um, along the way, and you just try to learn. And I have from every stop that I've been. But when I look at it, a- a- at the end of the day, Marty, I'm an educator. Mm-hmm. And um, whatever I've been doing, that's, be- that's been something that's really important to me to help young people um, grow and learn and-, and watch them make mistakes. But then, more importantly, learn from those mistakes and how do you handle adversity? Um, so that's that's how I look at it. And whether I was teaching second grade, things I learned from there is, well, you better have fun because mm-hmm. those guys show up every day and they're gas. They're juiced. <laughs> they're excited for the day. So if you don't have that energy and that enthusiasm, that atmosphere that you're going to have in your classroom, I don't think very good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a lot of engagement. Yeah. So uh, so that's that's something that, you, that I learned to. To have that energy, to have that excitement, and just looking forward, like every one of those second graders, looking forward to just that moment and that day. And this day in front of me is going to be the very best day that I've ever had. And that's how I try to approach it still with my guys um, here at South Dakota State. Let's have some fun, boys. I can promise you this. We're going to work really, really hard but I can also promise you we're going to have fun and there's going to be times that I have to get after you, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to learn and continue to grow from each, every moment we're together, you know, but you know, and, and, and when I was coaching the high school girls team there, you know, I, I really, you know, I took over in the program was seven and 17 and, and um, I just, I, what, what I really learned is they're going to make mistakes you don't have to point, and that's boys, girls. That has nothing to do with gender. But th- there's going to be a lot of mistakes made. A lot of times, your athletes know, in that particular time, the girls know that they made a mistake too. And so you don't have to berate them. You don't have to let you know single out every single time somebody doesn't get back in transition or somebody makes a bad pass. Well, no kidding, I know it was a bad pass too, coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so. Just, you, you don't have to correct every time, and you don't have to point out every time there's a mistake made. Because you, you look at the NBA games right now. And I can, you you know, if you want to, you can find a mistake every single play. Uh And that's 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 the beauty of it is is, you know, how can you play connected? How can you um, get past mistakes and minimize mistakes because you're going to be able to find them? And then, you know, being a high school principal, I'll just be honest with you, the management, the 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 problems that you have to deal with and how to deal with those situations but but maybe more importantly during that situation how to manage people you know and and how to rely on your staff and and it's important to me where i'm at right now to have faith and have trust and and bring value from everybody that's a part of your program. Mm-hmm. Whether it's your when I was the principal, the math teacher or the PE teacher, how are you going to be the very best at what you're responsible for? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing here with my assistant coaches and my managers and and um, just different support staff that we have. How are you going to bring the most value with what your responsibilities are? And if and if you can do that, what else can you put on the plate to? increase or better the experience that we're providing our young people and that didn't matter that's how i approached it when i was a principal and that's and 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 learning that style has certainly helped me be the head coach at south dakota state so hopefully that's a few things that you know i've learned along the way that you know has has helped us you know be successful here
0: well and you know you you bring up two words that everybody talks about faith and trust and it's it's the sixty four thousand dollar question You know, what are some ways that you build faith and trust with your coaching staff, with your players, with your director of basketball ops, with your student managers that can, you know, that aren't really sure what they're doing, you know, so forth and so on. I mean, what are some, what's one or two things that you can think of, uh, that you could point to is like, you know, that was, that was a technique that I used to build those things up and build people up, uh, to, to, to put them in a place where they can be the most successful that they can be.
1: Yeah. Well, a few things come to my mind, you know, Marty, num- number one is, is opportunity. Mm-hmm. You, you have to give people, you, you can't, don't, don't think you can do it all. You have to give people opportunity, um, to, to, to fail, to succeed, to, to be, put them in a situation to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And for example, we get three full-time assistant coaches
0: mm-hmm.
1: that uh, can coach on the floor along with me. So there's a total of four. Others have different responsibilities, but there's but they're limited on what they can do, right? So when I look at our staff, I I take our staff and I tell I, I have one guy, full-time assistant that's in charge of our offensive situations, our offensive philosophy, and he gives me before every game of sheets with different things on it that gives us ideas on how to attack the opponent with our offense. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. That gives him responsibility. That gives him opportunity to have an impact with our team. And whether I agree with that or not, it is important for me to at least take some of those ideas and make them a part of our game plan. Mm-hmm. Whether I agree with him or I don't. Yep. Um, but because he has put in a lot of time, he has put in a lot of energy, and, and I want to make sure he understands that I value that time and energy that he's putting towards our players at the yep. end of the day. And I have the same thing for a defense. I have a coach that is responsible. Hey, these are the six act, main six actions that the team is going to run against us. This is how I believe that we should defend them. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Let's go through them. And again, this is great. And, and whether I agree with all of them, none of them, two of them, no matter what, I'm going to agree on some of them.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: he feels value in the time that he puts in to that. Now, if I don't now, there's there's always you and I. I hire guys that I believe in that that uh, you know that that it's not hard to implement some of those things because, because I hire, I mean, we're we're like-minded people, you know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. So, so that's one way I I feel like that's just a a concrete example of how I create value in our, our staff and then implement that within our program. And, And I just feel like giving guys opportunities to do that. I don't call one Marty. I don't call one out of bounds play. All year, mm-hmm. I give that responsibility to one of our full-time assistants on staff. He calls all of them, and that doesn't matter, Marty. If it's two minutes left in the first half, or it's a game-winning
0: situation, a game-winning
1: yep. situation that the ball is underneath.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now he may ask me, and I may give my opinion, but that's on him. Yeah, yeah. and I just feel like that 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 trust that faith that you talked about i'm not blaming win or lose that ain't on him Mm -hmm. that's on our preparation that's on hey we communicate before that this is what we'll do in those situations he has the pen he has the he has the marker board Mm -hmm. that's how we practiced it that's how we've done it that's how we've planned and so I mean, it's not about egos. It's about putting your guys in the best situation. And how do you do that? You have to plan for that. Mm-hmm. And so that's another situation where it may be a situation where I think a lot of coaches would say, No, 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 this is too important of a situation. I'm gonna decide whether we win or lose. Nah, not, not no, you're not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta ride the horse that you brought, you know, and yeah. and and, yeah. And, you, and you gotta let you got to let your assistant coaches know in that situation. I have faith in you, and 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 something that I've done before in those situations uh, when when my staff was uh, a little bit bigger, like yours, is, yeah. is I I would tell my players, hey, here, there's 30 seconds left. Like we'd be in practice and you're working on situation score. Hey, you know, Coach Goody is going to call the out of bounds play here. Don't look at yeah. me. She's going to call it, and that gives her the, uh, the faith and the trust that's reciprocated that she knows that, you know, coach trusts me in this situation even before I get there. So I know that he's got my back even before it happens instead of me looking up going, God, I wonder if he's really going to let me call, you know, you know, in that little split second time when the ball's rolling out of bounds with 30 seconds left in the game they know that it's going to be their call here and they have confidence and they know that they have the full backing of their head coach, that they're going to make the best call that they can. And the assistant coach and and my coach has got my back.
1: Amen. That's where it's at. And I just feel like, and I think it it goes deeper than that, Marty. I think when, Mm -hmm. when, when your players see that number one, this isn't all about you, Yep. It's a team.
0: Yep.
1: It's a team that works together. That as a staff that has trust and faith within each other to do the right thing. How do you? Then that's what I expect out of our players. Mm -hmm. So if we can show that and show that, hey, you can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. Other people bring a lot of value. Other people bring character traits, uh, skills that are so valuable and knowledge to make our team better. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with our players. Try to find the value in every one of them and bring out the best in each one. So you have a team. Absolutely. Best.
0: Yep. No, you're, you're you're exactly right. You are exactly right. Um, you uh, you stepped in uh tj otzelberger brought you in as assistant coach uh you, you want to talk about a, a comet man or meteorite uh just everything he, he's king midas it seems like everything he's touching is turning to gold i mean he did a great job at sdsu after he took over for uh, was coach Nagy, correct yep coach uh, scott
1: naggy yep. did a terrific job as well yeah.
0: yep and then he went out to unlv had success came back to iowa state uh took i mean that might have been the turnaround of the year with the Cyclones. Uh, what what has made TJ uh, such a, uh, a a guy that gets so much out of so many players in such a short amount of time?
1: He is elite at building relationships.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Elite, and that's with AAU coaches. That's with players. It's 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 really really. It's really impressive, and I've learned so much from him um, about how he deals with them and how about with players, in, in particular, and the confidence that he instills in the people that are around him is is really magical. Mm-hmm. And so, it's really fun to watch, and and I've just learned a ton about ton from him, and and he's a tireless worker. He he puts in so much time um, in and uh, he lives and breathes basketball and, and uh it's pretty fun to watch.
0: Yeah. What uh, you know, you, you've gone from assistant coach or to you know you've you've done the you've run the gamut of of positions, so to speak. But yeah. this, was, this was the first time that you were in a situation where you were an assistant coach. You had probably your, your players had a certain perception of you as an assistant coach, and now you make that slide over – uh, 18 inches, uh, going from an assistant coach to a head coach. For for our coaches that maybe are in that situation where they were an assistant coach and now they've become the head coach at the same place that they were an assistant coach at, Uh, what would be words of advice that you would give to somebody after you've gone through that uh, experience in the last couple of years, here, last three years?
1: Well, the word genuine comes to my mind, Marty, because you have to be yourself. As much as I love Coach McDermott, as much as I love coach tj and we have some similar character traits and similar similar qualities but i'm not those guys Mm -hmm. and so you have to be comfortable with who you are and um be true to that and so when i say that like i and and it's not saying that these guys are not this but Mm -hmm. when i became the head coach we lost 95% of our scoring. Mike Dom just graduated. He was the seventh all-time leading scorer. We lost over 92% of the minutes that played the year before. Uh-huh. And so what? What? what is Eric Henderson? What is, who am I? Is what basically I had to, come to and 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 this program is a lot bigger than one person sure but you also want to implement your fingerprint on that program and so when you reach adversity you tough times happen you don't have to fake who you are right to Mm -hmm. try to get through things you need to be yourself and so i hired a you know i was fortunate enough to keep coach clink on staff And um, then I hired two new guys and and we came up with, okay, what are the character traits of this staff that we want this program to be about? And the five character traits that when you ask me that, like what is genuine, what is true to me, what are we going to believe in and what can I fall back on? when things maybe don't go well or if they do go well. Mm-hmm. And so we fe- we came up with five character traits that, you know, we thought were going to be the key- keys to continued success with a whole new group of players and a whole, really a new head coach and, and, and a new staff. Yep. And so those five character traits were honesty, respect, selflessness, communication, and compete. And we put them all in a circle And what the circle stand for, that was togetherness. And we wanted to make sure that everybody was in the circle and believed in those five character traits. And we felt like whatever happens, happens. We believed in that. Mm -hmm. And and obviously, we were fortunate enough to have good players. Maybe they were inexperienced, but they were together and they believed in the same five character traits. And and, uh, we haven't looked back.
0: Yep. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter. Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video. How, how important is it for any coach at any level to have uh, the, the, the administration and the powers that be uh, behind you, that you feel like they have your back? I mean, at South Dakota State there, Uh, you guys had a great, you've had great teams up there. I didn't realize as I was getting ready for today, Eric, uh, it was either you or North Dakota state. At least one of you had been in the summit league championship game every year for like the last dozen years or so, some crazy number like that. Uh, obviously your football team's done really well. The women's team won the WNIT this year, uh, so forth and so on. It's just a, a, a growing place. And obviously that doesn't happen by accident. There's gotta be some administrative support with that. Uh, and you know, you're, you're getting the big remodel. Uh, our son Carter was, was, was showing us, you know, as soon as that came out, he was sending us pictures of what frost is going to look like. And man, it's, I think it's going to look really, really good. Uh, you know, just, just seeing that type of commitment, uh, from, from your administrators, from the people above you, how important is that to you as a, as a coach?
1: Well, the, the support is, is incredible. And, uh, I'm, I'm really, I, I've always wanted to be an educator and help young people. And, um, to be able to do that at a place like South Dakota state at the division one level coaching basketball, I mean, I feel like I'm the luckiest dude alive, to be real mm-hmm. frank with you. <laughs> and, yeah. and a big part of that is the support. And, and it does, uh, it, it, it'd be crazy not to talk about our administration, um, I, I work for a tremendous athletic director, Justin Sell, who has, you know, similar um, character traits, but, but also similar vision of, of of creating an experience for our student athletes that is memorable. And um, obviously we want to win at a high level. We're very, very competitive. And he gives us the resources to to do that, makes it makes it really special, you know, so. Mm-hmm that that's incredible but then it, it goes beyond that it, you know it goes to the president uh, president Barry Dunn who's at almost every single one of our home games supporting us and and then the community that we live in um the the alumni the the what makes this place special is the people i know we're going to get a new building and it's going to be fantastic but when i think about south dakota state and what makes it special the first thing I think about is the people, mm-hmm. and not only do they 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 show up and give us an incredible environment to play in, but they obviously support us financially too. And when we're at the grocery store after a tough loss or a big win, they're not afraid to come up and tell you how proud they are of you, of the effort and, and the togetherness that your team played with. and And so, it, it's just really, I'm just really fortunate all the way from you know. You know Justin, our athletic director, to to President Dunn, but but just all the people that that support us both physically, financially, for us to create that opportunity and experience for our players that is memorable. I, I'm a pretty fortunate dude.
0: You you uh, in your career there so far. Uh, excuse me if the math is a little bit off here, Eric. I teach history, so that's always my out. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Uh, 38 and one at Frost arena by my math in your three years as, as head coach there at South Dakota State is that does that sound right
1: well I know this I know the one you know the one yeah as
0: you, as you don't remember Marty. the 38 but we always remember the one spoken as a coach, like a true you know coach. That deal. the ones that eat at you're the yeah. ones that get away you bet you bet uh, yeah <laughs> that's uh, you are exactly right uh, but uh, you know creating such a strong Home court advantage is that something that you preach to your guys? Uh, how have you how have you been able to do that? Obviously, it comes again with you get you have great home crowds. Uh, they they pack the place. It's a loud facility. Uh, but but what have you guys done to try to really emphasize the importance of of creating that home court atmosphere with your players?
1: Well, I mean it's 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 a tradition thing too, Marty. You yep. know I you know Coach Nagy who was here before TJ and I got here he did it. He did an unbelievable job. I Absolutely. mean, uh, from transitioning this place from a division two institution to uh, division one and the success that um, he had, especially later in his career, you know, he went through that transition. That wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so for, for the people in our community to continue to have that support is incredible. And and um, they, they, it started back with Coach Nagy, the, the winning ways here and the support that we had from the community. But um, now we talk about it. We talk about the pride that we have and how we compete at our place. And, and um, the, the, the environment that we create here is, you, you know, special. the the arena you know our fans are able to sit right on top of you and and they get loud and they understand when we may need a little help and so Mm. but but we have great pride in playing our tails off here and everywhere but but maybe more in particular here so um i I, I, and then when tj got that job it it, you know it's continued success here and and, you know we at one point we had the longest winning streak in the in the country for division one basketball and i know we're we're probably top five again now, so it's mm-hmm. it's something we talk about, and we have a lot of pride in what we do.
0: Yep, you uh, referred to it numerous times earlier in the pod. Um, just just your relationship with Coach Mack. Um, you know, I I know Greg. He's a great guy. Um, absolutely done a bang up job here at Creighton. The job he's done speaks for itself. Uh, what, and, and you've, you talked about it a little bit, but if, you know, what has has made you um, want to, you know, you, you leave a, a good paying job as a second grade teacher to go and work for, for ramen noodles at Iowa <laughs> State, essentially, uh, you know, what about Coach Mack? Has, has just drawn you to, to him, and and what makes him, from, from your perspective, what makes him such a special coach that he's able to just year in, year out? I mean, you take a look at the team that he had this year, was so young, they had the injuries, and yet they're still right there, uh, had a great chance to beat the eventual national champions there in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, what about make, uh, Mac makes him one of the best in the country?
1: Well, I mean, it, I always felt like, you know, when we, when we made that jump from – teaching second grade full-time job to a GA at Iowa state. I, 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 and I still believe this. And when you're around good people, good things happen. Mm -hmm. And a great um, point, great point. You, you know, so I, I, you know, I don't really even consider it a leap of faith to be real honest with you. I knew coach would take care of me and my wife at that time. And, and, um, I, I was excited for that experience and, and, and it didn't disappoint, you know, obviously, we didn't have a lot of success there when we were at a, at Iowa State, and and um, sometimes you know you know recruits you know talk about a fit, and and sometimes it just it's just not the right time or the fit, and that's what at the end of the day doesn't make you a bad coach, doesn't make you a bad player if it doesn't work out, and that's what happened at Iowa State. You know, it just whether it was the timing, whether whether it was the fit, whatever was going on. Um, you know, even being around Coach Mack during those times when maybe he wasn't as successful as he has been at every other point of his career it doesn't make him a bad coach. Well, there was there's, there,
0: there's there, always there, a
1: lot of variables, you know. And well, so
0: yeah, there 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 was, you know, I without going into detail, it was yeah, not, it was I'm it was I'm a much bigger excuses, uphill climb you know what than I'm what saying? people could see from the outside looking in. Yes, I, yeah. yeah, you're you're very right with that, and that. That should not be discounted as far as that part of or that chapter of the book, so to speak.
1: And so, so like, and that's what I want to share too. When, when when things aren't going well, when things, you know, you'd like to have more success than maybe you're having. Don't 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 think don't just don't don't just oh I'm a terrible coach I don't know what I'm talking about or or whatever. Don't don't do that because that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, believe in what you're doing, and that's what you know. Coach Mac did. You know he was you know he was fortunate enough to find a situation you know and an opportunity at Creighton that um, obviously is magical. And and uh, Coach Mac has a big part of that, and how he deals with people, relationships, and makes people around him feel good and and, and valued. And that doesn't matter if you're uh, a player or a manager um he he sees value in you and and so and and then and then basketball knowledge how he sees the game and how he's able to put people in position to be successful because nobody's perfect everybody has deficiencies right but to be able to get the best and bringing the best out of individuals i think is one of coach Mack's greatest qualities
0: yep you uh Unfortunately, here over the last week or two, you've you've gone through a, a, a tough situation uh, with with Baylor uh, looking to to move on from South Dakota State. Uh, he ultimately, uh, you know, a, a few days ago, uh, chose to go to Creighton with Coach Mack. And I know that had to be very difficult for you to lose uh, not only a, a great player but a great person uh, that's really important to your program. Uh, was it at least a little bit? Easier for you that he ended up with somebody that you trust so implicitly, uh, like you do, Coach Mack.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Marty, what was really, really important for me was for Baylor to be happy. Yep. And um, and if that was with Coach Mack, great. Obviously, I have a lot of respect for him and and um that that's great but but more importantly for for my relationship with baylor um you you know i wanted him to be happy Mm -hmm. and i think i think I'm pretty confident. I know he's going to be happy there. So that makes me feel really, really good because I know how Coach Mack, uh, you know, treats people and, and like I said, brings out the best in, in people that are around him. So that does, that part does make me feel good, Marty. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the, this, this business, the the business of college basketball right now, especially at our level, um, is is unique yeah and you know so for Baylor um to be happy for Baylor to you know what he feels like to put him in the best position to make him successful after college that's what I wanted to happen and and um you know and, and so for Baylor to be happy and for Baylor to do it at Creighton where he's you know close to home and and can do it for a coach that I respect. That's
0: what's important to me. Sure. Is it uh, looking back to your high school coaching days and kind of kind of going back to, you know, let's say you're back in Milwaukee and you're at the principal's desk and you're supposed to be working on principal stuff, but you're really watching film. Don't lie. Don't lie. Um, you know how it goes. Oh, I get it. Oh, absolutely. There, there, there's a reason why uh, there's a lot of History Channel documentaries shown in my classroom in January and February, you know. But, uh you know, thinking back to kind of that time period, and now kind of thinking back to oh, the way things have evolved, and especially like in the last two or three years, uh, is it is it the 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 process of roster building has has changed so much, and players that you you know now anticipated that you were going to have for four years or five years may maybe gone in a year or two depending on their own personal situation, their wants and their desires and things like that. you know is, is that roster building uh, you know kind of comparing it to your high school situations is it sometimes we think it's hard at high school because we know we're only going to have them for four years and really most of our kids are going to be varsity players for a year or two and we're constantly churning out a different varsity group every year or two. but now you, you know it's, it's kind of evolved into that a little bit at your level if does, does that comparison make sense?
1: Yeah, it really does. And and I do feel like um you know it is going to look a little bit more like that than it ever has. That's for sure. We've been so fortunate here to keep the players that had significant playing roles within our program for long you know for for the sure. for really for for 4 years a lot of times. And so um and and I think that's um important and and I think what we've done and TJ talked about this and, and I learned this from TJ and I still every staff meeting that we have, the very, very, you know, first question we talk about is how can we make the experience for our student athletes better? And playing is a big part of that, mm-hmm. you know, and now with the NIL and the money that can be offered Um, we we can't be, we can't be negligent of that. And so how is South Dakota state going to play a part in that? And can we do it at the level of per se Creighton or Mm -hmm. Kansas or power five schools? Uh, That's probably not realistic. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. We need, we need to be cognizant of that. Um, because our, our sport of college basketball, is at a very very unique spot and so how are we going to manage that how are we going to deal with that We, we have to think about that i don't have all the answers to that right now if anybody did i'd certainly listen to those i can promise you that but but i can promise you this marty i'm gonna stay true to myself i'm gonna stay genuine and i can promise you I will never stop asking the question, how can we continue to make our student-athletes experience the very best that we possibly can?
0: Coaches, I love doing a pen and a napkin. It is something that was intended to become a hobby, but it has become a passion and a blessing in my life. I love helping coaches, and I hope that I've been able to help you in some way, shape, or form. I want to do more, but I need your help to do that. I've recently opened up a Patreon page to help a pen and a napkin grow even further and I'd appreciate any help that you would be willing to give to a pen and a napkin. From the layup tier, and for as little as $3 a month, to the three-point tier, your generosity will enable a pen and a napkin to grow and develop even greater projects than we've already done. For more information, go to apenandandnapkin.com and and go to the Patreon link, or go to patreon.com backslash a pen and a napkin. At this time, Coach Henderson, we are going to throw out our John Wooden quote of the day. We had 100 Don Meyer quotes, and now we're on the 26th John Wooden quote of the day here. So this comes from uh, uh, Wooden, a lifetime of observations. And uh, Coach, feel free to, to comment on this as soon as, I, as soon as I spiel it off here. So are you ready, sir? I am. All right. So the John Wooden quote of the day is, why is it so hard for so many people to realize that winners are usually the ones who work harder, work longer, and as a result, perform better.
1: Boy, that's uh that's pretty strong. Yeah, <laughs> hey,
0: hey, Coach, <laughs> Coach Wooden bringing the heat. Yeah, uh,
1: he, he did, huh? Yeah. Funny story. You talk about Don Meyer. I, uh, you know, Don Meyer is from Wayne, Nebraska. Yep. And being a Wayne Stater, his mom, um, obviously was still living when, when I played and, and he had some brothers and sisters. And when I graduated, I lived in his mother's basement. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, got to know coach Meyer pretty well through that. And obviously was at Northern state when I played. Um, so that was just a neat little story. And actually he got me a book signed by John Wooden. So I feel pretty good about that. But, uh, yeah, as far as the quote goes, you know, it is pretty amazing. You know, a lot of times, you know, people want to take the easy route and many times that easy route isn't what, uh, isn't what's going to accomplish what you want to get accomplished. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I think about that quote from John Wooden, that's what I think about mm-hmm. it, it, If you want success, it's not going to be easy. It's, it's going to take time. It's not instant. Um, and it's going to be a lot of hard work.
0: Yeah. And you know you you uh did a great job of leading into my next question there Eric so I appreciate that uh, you know great minds think alike here so you know you uh, you uh had a, a obviously a special season this year you know just just when you get into coaching you dream about having the type of season that you guys had this last year uh going undefeated in conference going to the NCAA tournament uh, you know, tough draw with the Providence team. Um, kind of, you know, and sometimes they do that in the tournament. They they mix oil and water, and they see what comes out of it. And uh, you know, you guys definitely had two completely different playing styles. And uh, but you you had to know you had to obviously have an inkling that even before the season started, hey, we've got a chance to be pretty doggone good this year. Um, and and there's coaches out there that are listening to this that. Are In that situation, they feel like, hey, you know what, next year has a chance to be really, really special for our team. How did you, uh, and I know you you kind of prepare for each season the same way, uh, but was there anything, uh, I don't want to say special, but maybe unique or different that you did this year or preparing this team, knowing the experience that you had back? knowing, uh, you know, just how many bullets you had in the gun uh, to, uh, you know, your preparation and preparing for for, for that. uh, Did you do anything different, unique, like I said, uh, than you normally would?
1: Well, we we did a little bit. You know, like you said, for the most part, you know, you kind of have a routine within your program about how you um, go about things and, and, um, (laughs) you know, you kind of you are who you are a little bit, but with this group, like, like you said, Marty, I, I really liked the group going into the year Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we're fortunate enough to be able to bring our guys, um, and in the summer and a lot of times, you know, we, we're, we're putting in defensive philosophy. We're, 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 we're playing five on five. We're, we're competing. We're learning how to compete at a high level. And our older guys are, are, um, really you know really setting an example as far as this is how you need to go about things as far as competing Mm -hmm. um but but this year this past year i should say you know our staff talked a lot about going into our summer and what what is that summer going to look like because our guys kind of know what they need to do they they know kind of what our philosophy is And we really only had one freshman that we felt like that was going to have an impact. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And
1: and so what we decided to do instead of instead of, you know, five on five, you know, every day that we got together, we, we decided to really focus on skill development. Mm -hmm. and try to try to gain confidence through that Mm -hmm. and um we we worked on the skills that our our guys you know were good at but we also tried to improve the skills that you know that that they needed to improve on a little bit too and what I think it did was I, I think it gave them confidence in some things that maybe they weren't as confident in and then really gave them confidence in the things that we needed them to do during the season and it also you know didn't wear and tear on their bodies maybe quite as much because at our level, our season is so long. And, um, so, so we really developed, we we really decided to focus on the skill development and and did that four times a week instead of, instead of just two and, and and really scaled back our five on five, just our grinding, you know, competitive Mm -hmm. stuff to say on our bodies to be honest with you so that's the first thing that i think that you know we decided to do a little bit different and i say that we're planning our summer right now and it's going to be totally different than that from last summer okay so
0: so we, what what do what you think of going into this summer then
1: so, so this summer we're, we're going right into hey this is our defensive philosophy this is how we guard. We do a little bit of the shade left defense mm-hmm. where we force everything left. And, and so that means you have to guard ball screens a little bit differently on on depending on where they're set and some things like that. So we're going to go right into that. The first week we're together mm-hmm. and, and there still will be, you know, skill development and time for skill development. But it's just a different team, mm-hmm. and we need to have more guys prepared that maybe haven't played. We still have, you know, six of our top eight are returning, but but we expect a couple of other players to make an impact this year, mm-hmm. and so that's why we want to do that. The second thing that we did is um, really celebrated um, selfless place. We talked about the whole. Um, being greater than than the parts and celebrating y- your teammates success more than we ever have because we had great players, um, you know, and and we wanted to make sure that everybody understood their value on the team. So we made a conscious effort of celebrating um, assist, celebrating hustle plays, celebrating plays that You know, maybe the average fan, maybe the average um, person that's watching the game doesn't really notice, Uh but we feel like is a big part of winning the game. So those are the two things that really stick out in my mind. Where we had a really veteran team, we felt like we had a chance to 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 do some special things. Obviously mm-hmm. things have to go your way. Mm-hmm. But 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 those are the two things that, you know, stick out to me that were maybe a little bit different than uh, maybe a normal season.
0: Well, you you kind of spoke of it your your skill development, your offensive development, and and obviously you guys what, what makes you so much fun to watch is not only are you really good, uh but boy, do you really play just fun basketball to watch and, and your transition offense uh your, your your spacing that you have uh and obviously you're recruiting shooters and developing shooters and offensively minded players um you know but looking back at your scores from last year regularly in the 80s and a few times in the 90s and actually three times over 100 points I mean that's just that's really really hard to do at the division one level uh no matter what level it's at and um so you know I, I'm really interested in it, coach uh, to hear about how you guys teach your transition philosophy, your offensive spacing, uh, the major concepts that that you put in to really get that jackrabbit offense going and getting up and down the floor, and what you do to instill confidence in your guys to hey, just let it fly and and don't worry about it. Uh, you know just just be out go out there and be offensively aggressive, so forth and so on. Uh, just tell us about, you know, how you've you've built that system and put it into place and, and any teaching points and drill work that you might have that uh, would help coaches that might want to, uh, to the best of their ability, kind of emulate uh, some of the things that you guys do.
1: Yeah, it, it does for us. And I know there's a lot of high school coaches listening to it as well. But um, for us, it is something we recruit to. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, when we talk about recruiting and we talk about skill development, we talk about pass first. A lot of people say dribble, pass, shoot. We say pass, dribble, shoot.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. And because we feel like, um, th- that, uh, it's just statistically and analytically that, um, w- when you shoot the basketball over time, and it's not like this for every player, but uh, you're going to shoot a lot better percentage off a pass than you are a dribble. Yep. And so we always say pass, dribble, shoot, and we recruit like that. And our um, workouts and our skill development is is you know built around that. We get a ton of shots up, and we we appraise you know um, balance on a shot. We don't always praise if it goes in. Hey, we, we're talking about hey, your feet are set. You have a, a good base underneath you. We want you firing those at all times. Oh. Um, and you know, during our workouts, one thing I, I we talk about as a staff that's really important is we we want to get we want to get multiple shots up in a rep. So, for example, we will have two or three guys working out at a time and the first guy will come up. Maybe he'll come off a ball screen and he will, he will shoot a shot behind the ball screen. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: After that, he's not done. He's going to make a basket cut maybe. And then he's going to make a curry cut out to the the corner and shoot a corner three off a curry cut. Mm Mm-hmm. Then right after that, he gets his breath, he comes off a shake pass, and he shoots the three-point shot, mm-hmm. okay? yep. So that's one rep, and then the next person goes. It's not just always catch, shoot. Mm-hmm. We want to get our guys moving, and then we want to get our guys to, to get their feet set, and then we want them to fire. Mm-hmm. So th- that's some of the things that we do in our skill development, some things that we think about. Mm-hmm. We, we shoot off the pass way more than we shoot off the dribble, And we get multiple shots in on every rep. Mm -hmm. The other thing is we, we, um, as far as philosophy-wise, when you talk about just our shooting percentage, we led the country in three-point field goal percentage. We led the country in effective field goal percentage. I don't know where we ended up in pace of play, points per game, but I know at one point it was us and Gonzaga. I don't know if we were one or two, I, I don't know, but, yeah. but, but but we're up there right?. Yep. And um, so we want to, we, we talk about this in transition. We run the standard. one of our wings runs the left side, one runs the right side. Our first big runs to the rim. Um, and then we usually have a trail guy and then a point guard. But the first thing we talk about is that's very interchangeable. Okay, yeah. that's very very interchangeable for us. The second thing we talk about in transition is post touches, paint touches. Um, on misses, we talk about getting a paint touch within the first five seconds of the shot clock.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that.
1: And and if we get a paint touch, and it can be that can happen a lot of different ways. That can happen a lot of different ways. If our post is rim running and we throw it ahead and he beats him down for a layup, that's easy, right? Yep. But if he doesn't, let's say he doesn't, we can swing it up and we're automatically, our eyes go in to the post, a guy working to get a paint touch. And as soon as we get a paint touch, we feel like we're going to get a better shot.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's our philosophy as far as spacing goes. We talk about filling the deep corners, really, really filling the deep corners. And then, um, you know, depending on our lineup, are we going to have somebody dive? Are we going to have somebody – are we going to stay with four guys out on the perimeter? More times than not, we had a guy dive to the basket for spacing on the perimeter so one guy couldn't guard two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's the that's kind of the philosophical aspect of our pace of our quite honestly our shooting Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's not that we won't shoot and our guys don't have confidence to shoot the ball without getting a paint touch and it doesn't have to go through the post Mm -hmm. if our post is trailing a little bit and he sets an early ball screen our guard's job get the paint touch within the first five seconds he may roll into a ball screen let's get downhill Let's Mm. try to get down. If if they're uh, hedging, let's get the short roll. Let's get it to our post player. He can get a paint touch. So I know it's very complicated to talk on the phone and it may seem very simple, but that's what, how we try to keep it. We want to keep it very, very simple. We want to give our guys freedom. We want to give our guys confidence and how do they get confidence reps? Yep. And that's, that's what we do.
0: Um, you know, you brought up an interesting point about passing, and I was reading some stuff on some analytics, and probably one of the things that offensively we teach the least in practices is passing. Uh, We spend a whole, and and I'm guilty of it too, we spend a whole bunch of time shooting. We spend a whole bunch of time with ball handling and making moves off of cones and stuff like that. Uh, But in this, uh, I I forget where I saw it, uh, but They they in the NBA, the average NBA player passes the ball seven out of every ten touches. And but yet but yet we we don't really teach a lot with fundamental passing. And I just thought that was interesting that you said that because that's when I read that, that stuck with me. Oh man, we really have to you know, that does make sense. Two out of every three times you touch the ball, you're gonna pass it to somebody else. So we have to work better and more. Uh, we have to work more and better on passing the ball and receiving the ball, and getting ourselves in a situation ready to score. It sounds like that's kind of what you guys are doing too.
1: Yeah, I mean that—that's how we think. I mean, we—I we, do believe we have really good shooters, and I—and I believe our shooters have confidence that that it, that, that that they're going <laughs> to make the shot mm-hmm. in in freedom to to do different things on the offensive end, but. um they also have a great understanding great understanding of shot selection and um taking good shots we do i think we led the country in three-point field goal percentage because we have the best shooters maybe but i probably believe in that we led the country in three-point field goal percentage because of the shots that we took
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and more of them were off passes and 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 yeah, it is. Every practice that we have, we start with the passing drill. Every every single um, workout that we have starts with, and sometimes it's a combination between ball handling and passing. But passing is involved in the start of every single workout that we do, and um, it is something we talk about a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's let's wrap up here, Coach. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, late game coaching, late game situations. Uh, you know, you guys are... Obviously, at your level, most of your games are, or a lot of your games are going to come down to uh, the last four minutes and you're, you're up four or down four. Uh, how much prep do you guys put into those type of things? Uh, how do you handle huddles? Just, just any advice that you want to give coaches about late game preparation, special situations preparation. What are some things that you guys do at South Dakota State to help prepare your, your staff and your players for those situations? Want to know more about A Pen and a Napkin and all the resources it offers? Go to APENANDANDAPKIN.COM, a a great resource for any coach at any level. In addition to our A Pen and a Napkin University video library options that are available to order, we have hundreds of pages of notes from one-page handouts to book breakdowns to original coaching notes. We also have coaching links, a full catalog of every A Pen and a Napkin podcast, and ways to contribute to the growth of A Pen and a Napkin. A pen and a napkin.com is a coaching resource that will help you become a better coach.
1: Yep, that's a, it's a, it is amazing how many times it comes down to the, those last four minutes. And I know every possession matters and you, you want different things you know, to happen throughout the game too. But situationally, here, here's our thoughts um, and how we prepare as well. So our thoughts is part of the reason why we don't run a lot of sets. We're a heavy heavy motion team is because the last 4 minutes of a game. Okay. We believe that um players need to be comfortable in playing without being a robot, without being told what to do at all all the time. And if you do that throughout the game you're going to have to do that throughout – at the end of the game as well, the last four minutes too. So we, we're we really – that's part of the reason why we choose to be a mo- motion offense team. So they're comfortable in high pressure, in, in situations where we're not telling them where to go, what to do, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, our philosophy doesn't change. We want to continue to get paint touches – Okay. we -hmm. want to continue to get paint touches and continue to take good shots. How do we prepare them for that? How do we get them in situations? We play two minute games every single day in practice. Sometimes we're up eight. Sometimes it's a tie game. Sometimes it's, you know, and we use those situations to teach. Mm -hmm. Hey, These are things you need to think about. We got the, you know, we're able to, you, you know, film every one of those situations. So we watch one or two of those situations, I'd say three to four times a week in the film room mm-hmm. and, and, and learning from those situations. For me, I'm very, very comfortable in in not calling timeouts for offense. Mm-hmm. I would rather let the game play out if we have the ball, and vice versa. I'm much more likely to call a timeout to get our defense set to get to, to get our plan if we want to adjust defensively in those situations. Mm-hmm. And our guys have to have a clear understanding, you know, um, of offensively without calling timeouts. Who's who do we? Who, where do we want the ball? Whose hands do we want the, the ball in? And you know, and it can be different, you know, in different situations. But if we get Doug a touch here, if we get Baylor the ball here, what do we want to have happen? And and we work on that. We 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 talk about that, and um, both on the court and in the film room. And um, we talk about two for one situations. Um, we talk about you know side obs. Baseline obs if they're dead ball situations, those are more situations that I would call the timeout in.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um,
1: so, and I'm talking offense there too. So, yeah. So those those are things that we think about. That's what goes through my head when I talk about late game, um, close ball games. Like, I just feel like our motion offense allows us to have confidence and freedom during those situations. Mhm.
0: And and it just affords you guys the the opportunity to just flow, let's just play. We don't need to call anything. Let's just let's just do what we do and we don't have to overthink it. And I think that you know, they're obviously your your players are already well aware that you know, this is a close game. We need to make a play here one way or the other. Uh, so let's just not have to think about it too much. Let's just do what we do. And instead of having to run zipper nine, two quarter master <laughs> flash, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, I, I think there I think there's a, a extremely valid point to that. I, I really do. Uh, and, and,
1: and, you know, I say all that, you know, one of my biggest mentors probably has more set plays than anybody in America.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Coach Mac, Coach McDermott. Oh, you yeah. Know,
1: he, he he feels a lot more comfortable, you know, deciding what to do in those situations himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. And so he, and and I guarantee if you ask him, he's going to feel a lot more comfortable calling a set and and making sure the balls in the hands that, that he wants it in, in that particular situation, depending on matchups and stuff like that. But, uh, it's interesting, you know, how, you know, you you know, philosophies change and, you know, I say all that, you know, we we had a game up at North Dakota state this year and I didn't like our, how it was moving. I didn't like where the ball was going. And um, we ended up calling timeout with six seconds to go and, and ended up, it ended up working out for us. But, but uh, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable about that either. So, well, you know, where it's at.
0: Oh, I was just going to say it's, it's the old axiom. Um, if, if you don't call timeout and it works out, you're a great coach because you let your players play. But if you don't call timeout and you, you don't get a good shot or you don't get a shot up at all, you got to get these guys set and ready to go. So it just, it's just, you know, just as well as I do coach, it it comes down to (laughs) winning and losing it. You know, I always, I always tell, you know, uh, young, you know, now I got, I get to say this now I get to tell younger coaches, you know, if you if you play slow, if you don't, if you play with not a lot of possessions, uh, and you win, your teams are considered disciplined. But if you lose, you're boring, <laughs> and it's just isn't you, that the truth. You know, and if you flip it the other way, if if you play fast like you guys do, but you're not winning games, you're considered undisciplined and you know not well coached. But if uh, but if you're winning games, you're considered. Uh, you know exciting and free-flowing and all of that other stuff so that's the stupid crap that it comes down to don't you think
1: oh isn't that the truth it's just uh yeah, that, that isn't the Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, mark
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? We're going to end on with me being exactly right, Eric. How about that? Let's just let's just. End, that doesn't happen too often, and and so I'm going to take <laughs> whatever we can. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I'm going to take that and run with it. I'm going to take yeah. that and run with it right there. So, uh, Eric cool. Henderson, head men's basketball coach at South Dakota State University, coach. It's it's been a it's been a great time talking to you here on the podcast here today. I, I hope you had a good time
1: marty appreciate you it's
0: been a blast all right well hey uh any uh any social media you want to plug for your program anything you want to let folks know about the jackrabbits that they don't already know about or maybe if they don't know about it they can check out uh
1: best home winning percentage in the last 10 years uh
0: that's probably a good one. That's good. good. Uh, you got any Twitters or Instagrams or anything you want to
1: throw out there? I have Twitter, yeah. Use the Gojax MBB one, and then uh, you know Coach Hendo. I think mine's Coach Hendo. Okay. Hendo, maybe I'll look at it hang on a second.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, but both those would be good, Marty. Okay. I'll follow you back and all that stuff too. Let's me this look Just profile Coach Hendo at Coach Hendo SDSU.
0: All right, there it is. I I figured you would be like a Kardashian and just be able to rattle that off.
1: (laughs) It ain't like that, brother.
0: (laughs) All right, well, hey, Coach, if you could just hold on the line here for just a second here as I wrap things up. Uh, Eric Henderson, men's basketball coach at South Dakota State. I can't thank him enough for his time here today. Uh, You know, again, great program. Give him a follow. Check him out. They, They play great, great basketball up there in Brookings, South Dakota. Uh, uh, follow us on Twitter here at a pen and a napkin, add a pen and a napkin uh, for daily coaching tidbits. Uh, download and rate review this podcast. Give us five stars. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Check out a pen and a napkin.com. And if you would be so kind, folks, check out our Patreon page. Uh, you know, any, any financial support that you'd be willing to give a pen and a napkin would be greatly appreciated. I want to thank Coach Henderson one more time for coming on the podcast here today. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.